We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. All right, Light Years Pod, we are back. Andy Liu, Sam is Fendiari. We're going to go live to Sam for your election takes right now. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> uh, we are recording on election night, November 6th. Um, yeah, man, we're, we're he three al- weeks he almost couldn't the- help. Oh, he almost couldn't help himself. That was close. <laughs> that was close, but we're going to talk basketball. All right, fine. Nah, no one came in for the politics. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Um you know, if I was to endorse one candidate, it'd be Alfonso McKinney for governor. This is by far the most fun story in the last season in, in three weeks. Uh, for me, it's it's so cool. Like, I, I'm a sucker for, like, these type of stories. And, and Anthony Slater had, a like, a superb, like, he didn't write a feature, but he just essentially did a Q&A with McKinney. Um, and it was great. I mean, it was just McKinney saying, Hey, I played in Luxembourg and he didn't even play in the highest league in Luxembourg. He played in like the second highest league against people that were, I think like policemen by day and basketball players by night. Um, and they were saying like, yo, like, why is this guy even playing here? And like, he went from there and, and kind of hopped around places. And, and he's, he's apparently cousins with Ralph Walker, who's, Used to be the security guard with Steph. Not the reason why he got an invite to the Warriors, but um, I mean, just a cool story. And and he looks more confident than Patrick McCall, Omri Caspi ever was in uniform. And uh, I mean, what what more can you say? I mean, on so one, he's doing everything I want from a role player wing on the Warriors, um, playing hard, crashing the glass, hitting open shots, defending. Um, 
all that. Like we'll talk. We'll get into that later. But and I agree with you. The story is just awesome. Like I think the thing that gets me is how is how is this even possible? Like we live in an internet age. Everyone who's like a top prospect is known by like age fifteen, and <laughs> definitely by like twenty or twenty one. You know, and. This guy, just late bloomer, went a really different route. I mean, second division of Luxembourg. I had a friend who did, um, uh, who played pro baseball in Switzerland. Um, and he just did it as kind of a, you know, what to do next out of college. Decent college baseball player, or good college baseball player, but like, you know, knew he wasn't going to go to the major leagues or anything. Um, and that's kind of like what I think of this guy just went to like Luxembourg. I don't even know how he ended up there. And then crazy. next thing you know, he's crowd favorite at Oracle and aside, this is how I know Oracle and warrior fans are still legit. Like, yes, it's been gentrified. Oracle goes off on players like McKinney. They love those kind of like high energy underdog guys. And that's always been the case. Uh, back in the day, those high-energy underdog guys were our best players. <laughs> um, I mean, the crowd responds to them um, in a way that, like, almost they're they're more excited about them than they are about, like, Clay or Steph hitting threes. Oh, no, it's it's close, right? Like, I, I don't – you still got season tickets. I don't cover the games anymore. But, like, I mean, like, when Omri Caspi would, would make a three last season, like, they just wanted to be happy. Like, when Nick Young hit a three, it was for sure louder than, like, like a shot that Draymond makes, right? Or KD or, or Clay. I mean, the Steph, like dribble, dribble three, you probably, nothing probably beats that. But like yeah. those type of plays from role players is cool. And like, I mean, you're right though. Like a, a really like kind of people are saying, hey, like. Or how about the way they used to respond to JaVale? You know, it's oh, just yeah, like, that's true. it's Most just like ways, high right? energy. Yeah, exactly. High energy role players who just like come into the game and like, you know, no one's no one in the crowd is like thinking like okay he's about to pull like a three hezzy pull up and like make Steph look bad no but they're they're just like excited someone's come in and like throwing their body around and like just just playing harder than the other guys. Yeah, and and you made a great you made a great point though. Like, how does this guy fall through the cracks? It's funny because people were saying like he was the one that was. He was on the Toronto G League team, right, last season. And people were like, well, the Warriors are kind of taking credit for him. It's like, nah, like – and then there are people that are like, oh, the Warriors are like, oh, they just needed more help. Like they – of course this happens to the Warriors. Like do you realize there's a reason? It's not like a rich guy that got richer because he grew up rich. Like the Warriors picked up – he didn't. they didn't pick up Alfonso McKinney because like they were the best team in the league. They picked him up because they needed a wing. And so they went out and scouted, and they said, hey, this is someone that can help us. We're going to give him a tryout. Every other team could have done that. Like, and McKinney would have so, said yes to any other team, regardless if it was the Warriors, right? So two, two thoughts on that. One, um, he had to try out. Like, he wasn't even, like, a vet minimum guarantee where it's like, wow, this guy who like we thought would be like our 15th man is actually better. You know, like that's like Jonas Terebko. Jonas Terebko yeah, has been yeah. a nice addition. And like, but he didn't have to try out. He knew he was on the roster. The second part is um, how does, I mean, just how does he end up just having to try out, you know? It's like, it's just, and then just, 
just proving his point. Like, I, I mean, does he get on the roster if Pat McCaw comes to camp? Oh, no. You know that, too. Yeah, the, no way. He wouldn't have gotten invited, right? Like, he probably wouldn't have. No, gotten... he would have been invited because they needed camp bodies. But, like, maybe there's a chance he would have. Two-way, maybe, or something. He would have taken another camp invite because, mm-hmm. um, you know, less of a chance. Like, with, with McCaw holding out and the Warriors kind of being thin. There's like, you're telling chance. me the Houston Rockets wouldn't have picked him up, you know what I mean? Like, if they knew. Like, they got, it, they got it Mello, was, dude. It wasn't some crazy, like, it, it, that's what that's my thing. Like, it wasn't, like, it's a legit, actual, good scouting job by the Warriors and not, like, and not what you're saying. Like, it's not like Jonas Jarebko. Well, it was or, a development a job by Toronto, and uh, they're pretty proud of their D-League team and or G-League. All, it's... I don't know how many years it's going to take me to get used to saying G League instead of D League. But they've, uh, got, they've got great role players too. Toronto does. So they do, doing and they develop like. guys well. Yeah. Um, but they cut them. Yeah, I saw. I mean, they're pretty. They're pretty deep at wing, but. But still, like he and McKinney's like so. He's just fun to watch, man. Like it, and I, I've been texting you about this. I've been I've. Kerr's rotations this season have been really fun. Like he still has his like. Why the fuck is Kevon Looney and Jordan Bell and on the floor or, or like Damien Jones on the floor, but like he plays a lot of Jarebko and, and bell and McKinney. And that's kind of like what you want, right? You want the five, you want the stretch four, and then you want a wing that can play three and D and then you put clay there. And it's kind of like a, a really, really fun, you know, foursome. And then if you can throw Iguodala or someone in there, that's even better. Right. And so he's kind of played a lot of that and it just makes basketball more fun because Last season and even the season before, it's a slog. Like David West is a great person and he's a he's a good basketball player, but yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you get yeah, it. Yeah, like they had the di- the Dino lineup last year, and it's like there's charm to it, but it's like, dude, Sean Livingston's played like 500 games. You know, David West has played a thousand games. They're not going to come with that like youthful exuberance that McKinney or um, Damian Jones or Jordan Bell have or something like that. You know. Um, it's it's interesting because this is exactly what the Warriors said in the preseason, and the Warriors always say stuff where I'm kind of like, "All right, sure," you know, <laughs> that sort of, that sort of like, yeah, we we all want things, <laughs> but but they're always like, we want to get younger, we want more energy off the bench. I'm like, yeah, and I want you know, I want another zero on my paycheck, but you know, right. it you know it doesn't work out, and they, they've kind of found it like. If nothing else, what I see from the bench this year that I haven't seen the last year and a half is like the bench brings energy. At some point, McKinney's not going to hit 60% on threes, but he he's still going to bring energy. He's still going to like dive for loose balls and like do those little things, which is really all you want from Warrior role players. It's like, I just need dudes who can change the momentum of a game, who can like kind of light a fire because the Warriors' main talent players like, while they are trying more this year, like there's ultimately a, I need to pace my body for June mentality. Yeah. yeah. And, and they should is McKinney, is McKinney the most athletic player on the team? I mean, I guess you could say Jordan bell, but it's Jordan bell. Um, but Jordan Bell's still kind of like, Oh yeah. We should talk about Jordan. Bell. He's still a little like out of control of his body. Like, I mean, he's, he's, he's the most athletic player on the team, but like the, the play on Conley where he like jumped, like that's that's jordan bell's season right there moving way too fast jumping out of control and um 
making a bad play, like the effort wasn't bad. I haven't been disappointed with his effort this year. It's just it feels like uh, he's a little less in control this year than he was last year when he is a regular. Here's my thing. I think he needs to play more, and I don't think he needs to play more instead of Looney. I think he's a player that like – like he he has good feel for the game, and when he hesitates to shoot, it just means to me not that he should sit, but that he just needs more reps. And I think that he just need, he needs to play over Damian Jones. Damian Jones had a fun like real like four, four or five games, but he's not like I don't see it from him, right? I don't see like I don't see him mentally. So I'm, so ever I'm with you him. on um I'm with you on Jordan Bell when he's um when he's playing freely. He's a really good defender and he can do a lot of things. Like he just knows how to hoop. But when he's thinking like you can tell yep. when he's thinking, like, don't jump, and then he jumps, like that's that's getting in your own head type of stuff. Whereas when he's just playing, like he'll still make mistakes because he's not true on green. But um he's uh he, he plays a lot better. Um I kind of disagree with you. I've liked how Damian Jones has played, and I don't mind the Warriors being a little like because because Jordan Bell has the highest upside of the three anyway you slice it um they're to me they're they're trying to make him earn it particularly because last year he he had some yeah. ups and downs with his uh his ego a little bit and um and it's fine that's normal but I definitely think there's a we're we're gonna try to make him earn it type of thing going on yeah I mean, you're right. Like, it's the regular season. But, but like, for me, it, it's like in the postseason when they needed to, right, they went to Jordan Bell in that Houston series. Like, that was their center. And I think the same thing's going to happen. They're not they're not playing Damian Jones in, in real minutes. Like, Damian, Damian Jones, to me, is JaVale McGee. Like, maybe even a worse version because JaVale's been good this year. But, like, he doesn't have the IQ and he just – he's athletic but that only gets you so much and so i'm not a damian jones fan i kind of liked him before the season started but watching him is it's a rough watch at least with bell he kind of at least he gives me the draymond feels even though he probably never gets there but at least he has that kind of like hey i'll be in that spot i might do some dumb shit but like he's an instinctual defender when he's like that's what i like yeah so um i think you're too hard on damian jones uh i agree (laughs) bell should be a better player um, and will be, and probably is today. Um, but but Damian Jones has made himself useful. The defense isn't great. It's it's maybe not even average. But um, uh, he's he's a rotation player, and there's like he's going to be fine. He's he's useful, and like I don't know, out of a twenty the twenty ninth pick, you can't really ask for much more. Yeah, I mean that that's that's true, and and it's kind of nitpicking too. Um, Jonas Jonas Rebko has been great. Like the fact that like have we even noticed that Iguodala and Livingston haven't played? That's the fun thing about the um about the Warriors this season is that like the but the the bench is legit fun to watch. So like the games aren't like all right, so we're gonna have to watch the starters play for the first eight minutes, eight ten minutes. No, we gotta then, watch yeah. Iguodala go post up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now I'm, I'm gonna sorry, be bored. Livingston. Yeah. So it's been fun. It has. Um, I don't know, man. They're they're gonna they're they're gonna go places this year. But I wanted to talk about KD and Steph. So Steph's getting all the highlights. But what if I told you all the metrics that Steph is usually the best in, like plus minus? KD has been better than him in this year. 
Would you? Would you? Would you buy my KD for MVPs stock? Oh. <laughs> I, I'm, my mind is racing. I'm trying to think of. Uh, I'm trying to think of. Uh, uh, no. Of ways to dispute that, but no, he's been the he's been. Oh my god, this is. I, I think I tweeted this out the other day. This is the greatest I've seen KD ever play. Um, just it, like I think he's an efficiency guy. So like I think he's taken that like to an extreme. I think he's like, I'm just like forget about like being a, a, the best player or whatever. Like doing more things. I'm just gonna be as efficient as possible. I'm literally gonna make every shot, like ever. Right, and so instead of shooting this like dribble pull up three, I'm gonna dribble in and make this an. He's easy, going like, downhill more. Like I haven't seen him go downhill so like, much. I haven't seen him go downhill like this since like I don't know 2012, 2013, when he um, was healthy <laughs> or when he was like not scared to get hurt. I guess. Yeah, when he was like 24. Um, and as an aside, like one of the most underrated developments in the NBA uh, among the superstar players, not like you know. The, the fake stars, the real stars. He's um, his passing has become really good. Like he's always been a capable passer and been good, but like particularly when he's going downhill, he knows how to get other guys involved. He has a good feel. Like they're always on point. Um, and I think that's really like it's the most in control. He said this is the most in control he's felt as a player, and it's like whatever. I don't really. Ever, you know, players players say things, right? Uh, but <laughs> I can uh, see that being true, though. I, I it, see it, that. it's showing. Yeah, yeah. And it's like um, by doing this, and by Steph kind of do going back to being aggressive from behind the line instead of like trying to back cut every play and kind of like get everyone involved. Steph's just kind of doing the best version of Steph. Like they actually fit together perfectly. It's like an inside out combo. So, so to your point about the MVP, I don't think it's possible just because there's no flash right now. Like he, he's basically like the, um, like I don't even know how to how to say it, but he, he's so good that you don't even notice that he scored thirty points, right? And or so got like seven assists and ten rebounds, yeah. Exactly. And it's it's easy. And with Steph, it's like he scores twenty and you notice all twenty. And well, maybe it's just because it's us, but like he has that flash, right? He has that way of saying, "Hey, when I drop ten in a row, you're losing by 15. With Katie, it's like, "Well, we'll drop ten in a row every quarter and we'll be up by fifteen at the end of the game." Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, it, neither of them are probably going to win. I, I see the point. But how like they are both playing the best like ev- ever like I that's the best I've ever seen them play and you can't beat this type of efficiency from both guys. It's I I don't have any words to kind of explain it. I wish kind of like, what I think is interesting about it is um, the balance between the two. Like y- you could convince me one has been slightly better than the other, but like legitimately, I'd call it a dead heat. And I can't think of any one-two punch that's been this even historically. Um, I just can't. Like, I, I'll always think Shaq was better than young Kobe. But um, a lot of that was like Kobe was 22 when Shaq was 30. Um, Jordan and Pippen, obviously, you know, Jordan was the offensive guy. Pippen was a little better on defense. But, you know, it was a clear one-two. I, I just can't think of a one-two combo where I'm like, I don't know. Oh, you're right. You're I don't right. Know, like they're they're so even. Like you know, you, you call them one A and one B, if anything. And 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 it's that, and it's like they know that they they're so comfortable. I have I'm looking for it because 
like I'm just I'm kind of curious to see how both players are reacting. I haven't seen either guy kind of like give a reaction, whatever. KD, you know, kind of goes on his own and, and shoots a pull up three or some some dumb. And then I haven't seen KD do that when Steph, you know, chucks up like you know so, some some crazy shot trying to draw a foul or something. Like either like both players are so comfortable to the point of like it's almost scary uh, to think like. To, to think like what they can do when the postseason comes. I know we're, we're in freaking November, but it's crazy to think like what yeah, we're, we're fanboying a little too hard right now. It, it, but it, it's, really it's, hard, it's hard but not it to. It's hard not to because they're not giving us anything to criticize. And um, I mean, it might be their last year together, so it's kind of like appreciate it, right? Oh, you just got to bring it back down like that, huh? Yeah, you know. Um, well, well, we can keep it down. I mean, we could talk about Draymond's body breaking down. That that's something that's, I think we've talked about before. But I mean, his foot's hurt again, and it's not like, it's not like he jammed it or something. It's not like it was a freak accident, right? It almost kind of feels like, and I'm not a doctor, but it feels like those Let's nagging play one on Twitter. Like, <laughs> like plantar, you know, fasciitis or something, right? It's one of those nagging injuries where. You kind of almost expect Draymond to be dealing with these, not just for the rest of the season, but for a long time. So I guess that's a downer for the Warriors. They do say that it's not serious, but we saw we saw how those knee injuries and that shoulder injury affected him, you know, last season. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll see, but it does kind of suck for him from the perspective of he just finally got himself into like a good flow with the regular season, and this happens and. Makes That's you wonder true. if it's going to be that kind of year for him. We know he wants the defensive player of the year because he wants to be able to demand the Supermax. Um, I, you and I both know Draymond knows he's not getting the Supermax. But Draymond knows if he's eligible for it, he can leverage more money to, out of what he can get. You know, it's, it's easier to ask for a certain amount when the max for you is 200 than when the max for you is 160. <laughs> no, that that's true. Um, we'll revisit this a, a million more times, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I am a little worried. That's it, and it probably won't matter in the regular season too, um, just because it's like maybe it's more Jordan Bell minutes, and that's fine War with McKinney. me. So. War McKinney minutes. He's been playing like the entire fourth quarter. Um, he's been t- playing like 15, 16 minutes row the last you know two three games, and I, I don't know how he's still able to jump that high after minute fifteen. But that's someone that's you know in shape. He he's kind of ready. Bring it back. That the real question is, do we think they they can actually they should go for seventy three? I think so. I mean, I w- I would say yes, kind of selfishly, just because I want to see him. I want to see them go for the, another record. The other thing is, I think it's an easier. Um, easier run at 74 um because because i think that they don't have to try as hard um to get there and 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 that season where they scored where they went 73 they were on track to blow the playoffs out until steph got hurt and he didn't get hurt because like he played so many games he got hurt because of a wet spot on the floor a freak accident and then the rest of the postseason warmed down so i'm i'm with it i mean i'm saying yeah i mean i don't i don't think they're gonna say hey Iguodala you got to play 80 games for us to get there right so I, I think I don't think they're pushing guys to play 40 minutes I think they can get to like 65 naturally and if they push a little harder like they could get there I, I have no problems with that it's, it's kind of fun so my whole thing is when Boogie comes back there's going to be a oh, integration curve and I think that'll probably ruin their chance at it but if he gets in seamlessly 
and he's only playing like 20 to 25 minutes a game, they might like walk into, I don't know, 50 and five. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're right there, you know, and then you can go for it. Um, I don't know. They're, they're playing, they're playing the best ball I've seen them play since 15, 16. Like this is better than 16, 17 in my opinion. For sure. Um, not that they weren't dominant then, but that there was a lack of chemistry. That was more of a talent talent ones than anything this is like them playing as a team and everyone knowing where they want to be and playing off of each other and i mean clay hasn't even clay had the 52 point game where he hit um 14 threes he's still only shooting 33 percent from three for the season like we know he's gonna end the season at 42 percent, 43 percent, something like that I don't even think like sixteen seventeen was like like we kind of thought they had good chemistry then. I, I I feel like we think that they didn't have good chemistry then now because their chemistry now is ridiculous. And last season was like the season where they just out talented everyone and it was kind of boring. So like I, I feel like it was this is finally the season where everything meshed and and we kind of thought that was the first season where like hey it's a seamless kind of thing, but maybe not. Maybe this is the season where Katie. And, and Steph and, and Clay figured out how to play with each other. And if DeMarcus Cousin doesn't mess this up and he fits in, then, oh, my God, like it becomes – it's a cakewalk. Yeah, that's where we're at. We need um, we need some drama. We need, like, Giannis to, to go off on him on Thursday or something so we have something else to talk about. But um, in the meantime, it's just kind of like enjoy it. When they get in, when they get in these kind of uh, – rhythms it's you don't get to see it like last year should be a reminder to everyone like it's it's short-lived so when you when you get into these like 10 to 15 game spans where it's just kind of like wow every night like enjoy it because that's not how it doesn't last like that it's nothing better it's nothing better um so before we get to our uh, before we get to our guests i gotta do an ad read uh, i think this may be our first one of the season so so you guys bear with me here we're gonna do one for uh for my bookie all right so um so watching football is fun but it's more entertaining when you have action on the games right you know when you can put a little money on it's a little bit more exciting you get you're a little bit more invested so you heard me talking about this for weeks but some of you are still on the sidelines whether you're an expert or rookie you should be betting at my bookie if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot like playing the numbers on roulette you can create a big parlay Pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you could turn 100 into 600. It's a ton of stuff to bet on. College basketball tips off tonight. Sam was watching it every second because he's a college basketball guy now for some reason. Kentucky and Duke. Oh, Zion Williamson, man. <laughs> Zion he, guy. He's, um, he's worth watching. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> and, and you can bet on how many points he can score in a game. Uh, Michigan State and Kansas play tonight. Cowboys and Eagles play uh, in an NFL playoff elimination game on Thursday or what could be one. We've also got everything. We've got college football, NBA, and hockey, right? All rolled up into one. And you can bet on all that. My bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. My bookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews and their mobile site is easy to use. So sign up this week and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. And make sure to follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention and DM like Sam. Not to mention that they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers just this football season. And you'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. 
Don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now and use promo code BLUEWIRE and to get 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. You play, you win, and you get paid. All right, we're back. Uh, great ad read, Andy. Um, so we've got, uh, we'll say we've got Dave DeFore joining us today from who hosts Nerder She Wrote on Count of Dings and uh, has his own podcast on the NBA with One Dave of my DeFore. Basically, basically a nerdy uh, basketball guy. Guys, people like, I think this podcast is kind of like people that don't really say that. Like, they'll love it on the timeline, but then secretly they love listening to it. Kind of like me, maybe. But anyway, thanks for having uh, thanks for thanks for joining us, Dave. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for feeding you, me the line, Andy. See, see Andy. Did you, uh, hang on. Did you call me a nerd, by the way? Because <laughs> it's funny because, you know, like my, my background is coaching. And, and I, I, I see myself more as a, a, a guy who bridges the gap between the nerds and the eye test folks. Right, so I'm like the middleman. Oh, Andy speak, means I it. Test. Andy means it in a much broader sense. Like anyone okay. who actually wants to talk about the game of basketball Correct. in a non-trolling sense is a nerd to him. <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> so it's anybody, like, anybody that isn't faking and making jokes all day is a nerd to me. So uh, you know, I always. But you know, there's a way to to. Uh, we don't want to go too long on this, but there's a way to like when you're doing a podcast of just not boring people, just like. And just talking about like numbers or just talking about like hoop analysis or, you know, kind of pivot the other way. Just talk about everything that's not basketball. Right. Like there's a really cool way of putting it together in a way that's entertaining. So, you know, you're, you're kind of like that, but, you know, still a nerd. So it works out. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to limit the jokes to about 20 percent of the content. I, I think that, you know, uh, plenty of people uh, appreciate a little bit of humor. But, you know, if you go 100 percent, then you're just a joke podcast. And, uh <laughs> You know, this isn't the chase down, so. <laughs> All chase down slander is accepted on here. <laughs> so, Dave, we wanted to kind of, um, uh, we, we talked about the Warriors before you came on. And, um, you know, as much as we love to just kind of be narcissistic about how amazing Steph is, I, I think we should talk about other teams in the league. But Steph there. is amazing. He is amazing, um, although he's now in a slump because he didn't make seven threes against Memphis. So. <laughs> right. Um, well, I mean, he's the MVP right now. Ooh. No doubt. People people are going to say Giannis. I'm saying it's Steph. I mean, yeah, I'll take the October MVP. You know, he's yeah. back. He's back. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Ten games. But, yeah, so we're, we're, we're eighth, of, eighth of the way through the season. At this point, Who is there anyone you think can actually beat the Warriors? And uh, if not, like who would be the teams that are closest? The, the ones that are challenging the most, basically, at I, this point. I think the closest would, I mean, we're, we're saying like maybe beat them in the finals. I think the right. closest would be Toronto um, because they, you know, they can score and they can defend. And I, and that's what you got to be able to do. This is why Houston was actually a threat last year. You know, it's, it's they were like the best offense in the league or second best offense in the league and uh, a top 10 defense. And that's what you need to beat the Warriors because – you know, we see it when they lock in, they are, they are the best defense in basketball. It may not be by the numbers because they don't put in the work and the effort every night, but when they want to, they can just do it. And what's amazing is that, you know, KD makes it so they can do it even when Draymond's sitting. They did this uh, against Memphis the other night um, in the third where they just said, nope, you're not going to score anymore. And Draymond was out. So I, I think that, um, 
I think the Raptors are really the only team that has a chance. I thought Utah was going to get there because I, I was looking at the, you know, just the progression from Mitchell and, and just thinking with more continuity, maybe the, the offense would be better. Um, but they've been struggling uh, quite a bit this year to, to start out. I mean, it doesn't help that, that Mitchell got off to a slow start. But uh, I'm, I'm not out on Utah yet, but I don't think that they're an actual threat to, to the Warriors. The, the Nuggets are interesting. But I need to see more of it. You know, 10 games just isn't quite enough. I kind of view Utah and the Nuggets the same way. Um, right. Utah hasn't really been great yet. But, like, they're both teams, I think, are just really fundamentally sound. And they're going to roll through teams in a regular season and rack up a lot of wins. But mm-hmm. I can't help but look at them and be like, come on. Like, I don't even know that they they can get out of the second round, honestly. See, like, there's well, too right. many liabilities. So, I'm going to... I, I, here's what I'll say in defense of the Nuggets. Now Utah again, the scoring is going to be an issue, and so that that kind of precludes them from this conversation. But the the Nuggets, we know they can score, and we're seeing what the defense looks like when they've got their team assembled, and, and they've gotten better every single year under Mike Malone. They just missed the playoffs last year, despite the fact that that Millsap missed like over half the season. So I, I think that. They're they're in that next tier, but they're slightly above Utah right now. Um, you know, we we saw S- Steph Murray the other night go off for forty eight, <laughs> and, and that kind of spurt ability that they have, where they're able to go on these huge runs, where they can hang one forty on on teams. I think that really matters in this conversation. The defense is what's going to push it over the edge and and make them get to the the conference finals let's say um but that offense is it's incredible they can score on anyone including the warriors you know i mean the the warriors the um you know they won that game on a Yurebko tip in so <laughs> yeah i think I, I i like the jazz more than i mean sorry i like the nuggets more than the jazz i think i think i, I definitely like to watch the the nuggets more oh, than yeah. the jazz but right. the jazz are kind of, the, i think they're in trouble honestly the but, nuggets feel a little bit like the 14 15 warriors i'm not saying that they're going to go on that kind of run but they've got that that two i don't right? think so i i think the problem with them on offense yes is Jokic is okay yeah yeah i mean that's fair but i, I just think there's a there's a Jokic problem in the postseason. I mean, there's a Rudy Gobert problem in the postseason when Absolutely. you're playing guys. But but you can't play Nikola Jokic at five in the postseason for like 35, 38 minutes a game, which is kind of what they have to do to be the Denver Nuggets. I, I guess it doesn't matter because they should just make the postseason first because they haven't yet. Yeah, but get, like, to, the, get talk- to the second round and just be, <laughs> <Yeah>. be happy. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not trying to be like, yo, like that's the problem. But like if they want to be in that next tier, because like if they play the Warriors in the first round or the second round, like they'll probably like get really cute and lose like in five or six and people are going to say, oh my God, they're the next team. But you kind of can't be the next team if Jokic can't move. Like a pick and – he's going to get annihilated by so- – by anybody, any point guard, I'd say even Dame Lillard would destroy him. But I mean, I'll push back on that a little bit because they are defending with him a little bit differently. Um, they're they're bringing him up and and showing hard on these uh, on mm-hmm. these pick and rolls, and that actually puts him in in a better uh, position to succeed. He's got great hands. He gets his hands on a lot of passes, but also they're going to create more turnovers that way. So you make up for the fact that. Sometimes you're going to get caught or give up a three or get, you know what I mean? Like they're going to, it's a higher variance game, but I think it works out in their favor because of how well they can score. So I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, their defense, I don't see anything that, 
that stands out as like, all right, this is a huge flaw. I mean, it's it. it you're right that Jokic is sort of like having him as the linchpin of this whole thing is is tricky. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see what happens. It, it's going to be. They're not winning a title this year, right? Like, let's be honest. Um, but I am really curious to see what they're going to do when when we get to playoff time. I'm I'm curious about Houston now um, because. Oh, well, here's the thing. They've been so I'm on the CP3 is washed bandwagon in terms of like not like he can't be an all star anymore, but like that he can't be that guy. Um, obviously, Harden is, but they still need him to be that guy. I don't think he's that guy anymore. Um, but I mean, they're still kind of on track now. They've kind of recovered and they've got their defensive uh, guy back. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, I guess they'll be fine again. But does it really matter? Yeah, I don't think they're going to be fine. Um, that's the truth. Cool. I, I think that there's a personnel issue. And I think, you know, they they discounted this all summer, but losing Ariza is is terrible for them. I mean, for, for multiple reasons, you know. Uh, not only can he stick a shot, but he can defend. And he was a guy that could, you know, he could switch. And him and P.J. Tucker together, that was that was special. Um, that's why they were top 10. You know? well, and we, um, should give, we should give Melo the MVP because just no one is as – has a bigger impact than him. Like he just basically destroyed the team that was the best team last year in the NBA. Now they're just irrelevant. Um, yeah, I it's just just move them around. Like no one else has that kind of impact. Steph doesn't move the needle that much. You know, Melo is actually he had a couple of really nice games. Uh, he deserves some credit when he when he plays well. Oh, when he hit five of nine mid rangers in a row. What a yeah. what, what a man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but but the the truth is they just don't have that that defensive peak that you need to really compete and and it's a personnel issue. Um, you know, people are saying uh, this rookie Gary Clark uh, oh, potentially God. right like he might make a difference. I'm sorry, Andy, man, but if and Andy's boy Jimmy Enos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, those are just not the kind of guys you want to count on um, for a team that is allegedly. Uh, a finals, you know, candidate. I, I just don't, I don't buy them anymore. Where, where's the variance though? Like, isn't Daryl Morey really good at like, wasn't that his thing? Like, Hey, we're going to just pick guys up that have high variance. And, and at least if we're going to win, we can get too near peak. It doesn't Mel- seem like Melo certainly has some variance. Well, part of this <laughs> man, is, is just what was available. You know, it was kind of a rough summer for, for guys who were out there and available. Um, and you know they they they've got the cap crunch and all that stuff, but to lose Ariza, I, I just think it it can't be overstated how big that was for them, um, <laughs> and mostly regular season. Okay, so it's very much like they're not they're not a sixty five win team anymore because they don't have sixty five wins worth of bodies, right? They don't have Mbamute, they don't have Ariza, and those guys contributed to what they did last year. And then you know it doesn't help them that Capella is kind of. You know, had a slow slow start. I'd say. Uh, I would say. I would say their start has um, their their start has validated Harden's MVP to a degree because it's just kind of like, I mean, they they essentially just put a goon squad around Harden or like you just <laughs> you just take care of the offense and we'll do all the dirty work and it, it legitimately did work last year like really well. So watching them play without him. It was just a it's a total mess, and it kind of right. It, it I like to make my James Harden jokes. I still have my uh, skepticism of him at the highest level, but he is a pretty amazing player, and he can yeah he can win you a lot of games. 
I'm much less worried about the Rockets making the playoffs than I am like the Lakers, you know, for instance. Well, so, so, I mean, I feel like it's intertwined because they're going to trade Chris Paul to, you know, LeBron's Lakers at some point. And then, <laughs> and then, and then they're going to just yell at everyone in LA. That would be insane. I, I just can't, I can't imagine that's going to happen. I feel like, I feel like that sort of stuff actually isn't really on the table until they um, strike out in free agency next year. Or if they do, the you know, Lakers, the, yeah, God, then, they're gonna strike out. Then all There's of a sudden, it's like, well, we have cap space and we can't get anyone, so let's trade for Chris Paul's forty million dollar a year contract at age thirty five or something like that. God. <laughs> uh, so back I'm just to running fan facts and actually here. beat the Warriors. <laughs> uh, I, the the Raptors, I think, are probably the most well suited out of the east uh the the so bucks just let's, so let's aren't there yet real, let's get into this real quick because i yeah. this is andy and my debate he thinks the raptors are the squad i think the celtics are well you're uh, wrong <laughs> okay so andy's got the support this time i'll give you the raptors look a lot better now um yeah. but i still think the Celtics' ceiling is higher in terms of actually giving them a problem like i get it Kawhi's probably the best player between both teams. They run a very succinct, efficient system. But Kyle Lowry's playing like the MVP right now. That's not going to hold up. Like I don't think he can raise his game. I know the Celtics have a bunch of players who can raise their game and a bunch of players with diverse skill sets, more importantly, which means they can go to you know second and third adjustments deeper in a series. Whereas I just don't know that I think Toronto can do anything of that. I think Toronto is like a Houston Rockets type team who can punch you in the mouth. But if you haven't figured out, they just kind of run the same thing at you. Uh, I, I think it's a little too early to tell how they're going to react when someone punches them in the mouth. Right. Um, I, I, so I'll give you that. I'll concede that point. Um, but Boston's offense is terrible. I mean, they're currently like 27th in the league. And this is not something new. This is not, oh, it's early season. They're working things out. They're working Hayward back in. Um, they, they had these problems last year. It's just their offense is kind of funky. It doesn't really generate good looks. Jason Tatum has, you know, turned himself into Kobe Bryant. Yeah, that's he, why they're going to win. Oh, that's, <laughs> oh, yes, the rings. I forget. So, you know, it, it, all these dribble pull-ups. Now, I, I understand that they want him to take a more active role in the offense. The problem is I haven't seen the the creation for others that it takes to be able to to have that off the dribble game. I mean, say what you will about Kobe Bryant, um, but when he did it, he actually was a very good passer. It's something kind of underrated about his game that people don't talk about quite enough. Um, I haven't seen that from Tatum. I don't see it from Tatum, man. I... I, I... I I think OG I think OG and Pascal from the Raptors are better than Jalen Brown. I think they have a higher ceiling. I don't think any of them have a higher ceiling than Jason Tatum, so I'll give you that. I just don't see that kind of like like he's fluid and he's athletic, but he doesn't have like the knock on him was that like he didn't have that upper level potential, right? To be like a superstar. Like not even Kobe, because that's like a great. But like like somebody like that's a top 10 player. Like I kind of don't see it. Like he kind of is more like Harrison Barnes than he is like a, like a super, super, superstar. Like right. he just doesn't move in a way. <laughs> he just I'm doesn't move in a way that just kind of makes me think that he can get to his spots. Um, right. Unless, unless he becomes like a, uh, I don't know, like a, like a Paul Pierce, like he'll just get, find a way to like a Dwayne Wade, like he'll find a way to get by you. Even well, though he's he, not like the quickest guy. I, I don't know. I don't see it. 
Last year, he played more like Harrison Barnes, at least Harrison Barnes when he was in Golden State, right? I mean, he was he was a better version of that. He hit these a lot of catch and shoots and things like that. Um, it's just that, like right now, he's he's really clogging he's up their offense. Trying to expand offense. his he's trying to expand right. his game. They need him to expand his game in the long term, but he's not ready to expand his game um, at that level on like a team that's looking to compete. Like he's exactly. still, he should be more of that. Like I'm going to spot up if someone closes, I'm going to attack the rim, but like, you know, kind of keep it simple. Yeah. Um, and that's what he did last year. Exactly. And so, and, and that's like, he was a very good player last year for that reason. But this year he's been bad. Um, so and, this, and this it's, is where it's um, confusing for me because I think at some point during the season, they'll, they'll figure out, I don't want to say a pecking order, but like some sort of fluidness to the offense. Whereas right now I see, kind of a bunch of guys taking turns. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like, key, like Kyrie, Kyrie be should be the, way. yeah, Kyrie should be the first option. He hasn't really figured, like the last couple games, he's realized that they're kind of getting there. And you're right. Yeah. Hayward, Hayward should be that kind of jack of all trade wing. Who's kind of initiating a little bit. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. they got to figure it out though. It's, it's kind of up to, well, it's not up to Brad Stevens, but if Brad Stevens, by the way, I'm the biggest Brad Stevens fan too, oh, but if he's as great as, you Shout know, out Andy's you know, 2012 tweets, <laughs> I love me some Brad. Stevens. Listen, if you can bring Ronald Norred to the final four, you are my guy. Cause who the fuck is Ronald Norred? But like, he's <laughs> kind of, that is an, obs- I, I got you. Andy, some credit for that one. But you like that? One? You like that? I, I watched a lot of college basketball back when I was in uh, uh, in high school ish. To uh, a lot of college hoops, but now I don't even watch Zion Williamson. I don't even bother. Um, who they're up by like thirty right now too. Um, but I, I, if is Brad Stevens like he's got to figure it out, right? Because I guess it's kind of hard to coach Kyrie. Um, Gordon Hayward, I don't know, but then you've got a bunch of young guys. Horford, who's probably easy to coach. Um, it's kind of up to him to figure out that offense, though, because they do have a ton of talent, but they kind of don't have like a um, like a staff for a, a LeBron or a James Harden or KD, right? Someone that can like transform. You know, they're gonna make the offense a top five offense. Like Kyrie's great, but he's not really gonna do that. Um, so it's kind of up to him. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I um. I've been out there with my with my Brad Stevens take. I think he's overrated. Uh, I don't think he's a bad coach by any means, but he's not the best coach in the league. So pump the brakes on that. Sam has gone I, silent. Good luck I don't getting think, on the ringer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think I'm young enough for that. Uh, but, you know, if I maybe if I had just graduated high school, uh, my pants are also not tight enough. But okay. uh, that's great. <laughs> We, uh, I think that we've got this thing where we jump the gun quite a bit, and we, we do this with players all the time, right? We're we're so ready yeah, to anoint the next guy. It's more of a player than a coach thing, but right? It, it but works. We've done it with Brad Stevens. Like we skip over Quinn Snyder, who Quinn Snyder hasn't had half the talent that Brad Stevens has had, okay, and has done just as good of a job, if not better. Uh, Quinn Snyder's offense it, it performs better than Boston's, but. It it isn't. I don't know, man. I just don't think Brad Stevens does anything special on offense. He's got some funky rotation issues, uh, which just don't get brought up enough uh, unless you listen to Terry Rozier interviews. And uh, I mean, but I just, Steve Kerr has terrible rotations. Hang on, no one, no one criticizes him. Well, I criticize Steve Kerr's rotations all the time. You know that. But <laughs> Steve Kerr is an underrated coach. Like Steve Kerr is one of the five best coaches in the league. Oh, that's facts. 
Easy. No, and but no one gives him any credit because of he has great players. But the truth is, like you look at how their offense is. I mean, that's Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr has has essentially like here are the keys to this car, this this Ferrari. Please drive it, uh, professional race car driver. Whereas you know, in Boston, I would say it's more like um, I don't know. You're you're hiring a cabbie to drive a, a you know. Oh wow, Ferrari, uh, <laughs> right? Like I, if if. I think, not, you're, I think sorry, you're overrating um, driver to, to drive like a, a Ford F-150. Is so more I, like it is. My one, my, my rebuttal would be, I think Boston's talents somewhat overrated offensively. Um, That's true. I, I've never been a big, I, well, I like Jalen Brown, but like the upside in terms of him as an offensive player is a little overrated. Like he's, he's a three and D wing though. That's yeah, the thing. but he doesn't want to be a three and D wing. Well, they don't want him to be. They don't want him to be. They want him to. No, they I want him to get those him, switches. I think he they, wants to be a three and D wing. I think they want him to be a three and D wing more than he does. I wish that they wanted him. This is sort of like Jason Tatum, right? Where they they're asking them to do more stuff. And what we saw out of Jalen Brown in the playoffs was pretty impressive, right? Yeah. I mean, remember he was like their primary scoring option. Yeah, but both of those guys can't get by people. That's the problem. Like, no, here's the thing. Gotta... I think Tatum can though. Tatum has a handle <sighs> and he can get by people. He just hasn't mastered it. Like there, he he's can... still twenty. Like the Harry B. No, moniker. but I mean, he's he's got skill in the way that Jalen Brown doesn't. Jalen Brown's for for me, at least to my test, more of a guy who's got a lot of athletic ability, but isn't really that guy off the dribble like Harrison Barnes. Right, doesn't. right. I mean, even you look at Clay, right? Like, he'll never, like, in my opinion, like, if you put him as a first option, like, he wouldn't be that great as being that guy. He can't dribble. But because he's, like, the second or third greatest shooter of all time, like, that doesn't really matter. Um, so, like, I mean, that's that's my thing with Brown Tatum. I just, I feel like if you don't have that, like, it's not like you're going to get it all of a sudden. Like, with Steph, he got it, but he could always, like, he was a point guard, so he could always kind of get around people. He to get stronger to not get bullied on the ball. And now now he is who he is. So, I mean, I don't know. We haven't even talked about the Bucks yet, which is kind of like. Uh, They're like, not there yet. It's I, too early. It's too early. I don't um, know. Listen, you know, having a guy like Giannis, gives you a super high ceiling. Um, but, you know, Chris Middleton is a very good player. But, I mean, they don't have an answer for Kevin Durant, really. Like, you know, Kevin Durant well, can no just... Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see on Thursday, right? They're, like, we'll we'll see, because Bud is not going to hide what, what he would do in a finals matchup in a game in November. And, and I uh, think Draymond's probably not playing, so they'll play KD at the four most of the game. At the four, So they're right. actually... I mean, it's going to be must-see TV from that perspective. Right. And so so I'm assuming Giannis will be guarding KD, um, and then Middleton probably guarding Clay. And so now, like, the matchup is is Steph Curry. Like, if we're calling those washes, because there, it's two good offensive players, two good defensive players, okay, on each squad. And then you've got someone who's going to, you know, Bledsoe is going to try to match up with Steph, and he just can't do it. Um you know, I, yeah. I just think the the problem is that they're they're a piece or two away, um, and they're not. I don't think they're comfortable yet. Now, again, it's November, right? And they've they've actually they've got the the highest net rating in the league. So what the hell do I know? 
Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you though. I yeah. mean, you're right. They just they don't have enough, but they're fun to watch. I mean, they're playing the Blazers right now. They're fun to watch. But um, all right, well, thanks for coming. We're gonna get you out of here. We'll get you out of here with this. Who who do you who do you, who do you want to get out of the East? Who do you expect to get out of the East? Because I think that the East is kind of gonna give the Warriors their best fight this season. I, I think the Raptors. I think it's theirs to lose. I think that they're the best team in the in the East right now. I think that having Kawhi Leonard, who is probably the best player in the East, it's there's a debate between him and Giannis. Um, oh, it's Kawhi. He can shoot. Right, because he can shoot. Yeah. Exactly. That's the and that's the only reason I pick Kawhi. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I think that you know that gives them an edge, and, and I do think that uh, I think they wind up winning the East. Um, now. There was there was a I think Abaka said that he didn't think Kawhi was 100 percent yet, so let's see how long it takes for Kawhi God. to be 100 percent, right? Um, he's already playing like like he no, was two just, years he's ago. He's just slow. God. But but here's the other thing, they're winning games handily without Kawhi, right? I mean they 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 dusted Utah without Kawhi. Uh, the Lakers didn't stand a chance without Kawhi, and I'm not. I mean the Lakers are not a good team. But they're not the Phoenix Suns. They're you know they're not the Washington Wizards. So to to be able to do that, I think says a lot. And and you know the Raptors are really deep, and that's what it takes to to be successful in the regular season. And then their top eight or nine that's a, that's a high level top eight or nine. Go they've ahead. got that is they can match up with just about anybody. If you want to go big, they've got Valanciunas who can stretch the floor and rebound. Uh, if you want to go small, they can even go all the way to Siakam at the five. So. They've got just so many options, man. Like I, I really think that uh, Sam, you're you're underselling them a little bit. <laughs> I Somebody, maybe, but I have it's to lean you, into it. it I've, it's, I've already it's, your, <laughs> it's your closet uh, Celtics fandom. That's what it is. Boston Sam. Well, That's somebody right. said, we'll leave you out with this one. Some, somebody said that Nick Nurse is the Steve Kerr to Dwayne Casey's Mark Jackson. And I haven't looked at the Raptors the same way since. So uh, thanks for coming on, Dave. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> thanks for having me. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.